Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Brie Logue. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Women of Power podcast. I'm your host, Brie Logue. Today we have Leslie Kuster with us. She's a multiple seven-figure e-commerce brand owner whose business, Back from Bali, offers women bohemian chic clothing ethically made in Bali. The success of Back to Bali affords Leslie the life of her dreams, and she is passionate about igniting and inspiring other women entrepreneurs to rise while they create the financial and personal freedom they crave. I'm super excited to chat today. So happy to be here too, Brie. Thanks for having me. Yay. Uh, so let's start with a little bit about you and what you're currently doing. Oh, let's see. Well, I retired my husband last year. Yay. I made him quit his job. We were living in Switzerland because he's Swiss. And I really wanted to get back to the U.S. I'd been away a long time. So for that to happen, it meant him leaving his job. And um, I decided, you know what, it's time to retire him. And I can just take over full full control here. And we moved back to the U.S. So it's a huge transition. We've been pretty much nomads for about two years right now, but that's about to end soon. Oh, that's so awesome. So as you say that, I think, was it a big ego thing or did he just like be like, yes, I'm excited to quit my job and start this new adventure? You know, the the plan was always that at some point we would come back to the U.S. because I lived in Switzerland for 20 years. I'm from New York. And because of my business, e-commerce, I'm I'm able to work literally anywhere in the world. But I really wanted, after 20 years, to come back to the U.S. family and language and culture and, and all of that. And that meant him quitting his job. You know, so I had to ask him, like, you have to leave your job. And, we, you know, without having anything in the U.S. Uh, set up whatsoever. Um, so it was a leap of faith. We we had we still owned in Switzerland. We rented out a couple of our places that we have. So we have renters there, packed everything up, sold tons of stuff, got rid of 35 bags of clothing and came to the U.S. And we've been in Airbnbs and also traveling the world for the last two years. Oh, that sounds amazing. So before we jump into all the amazing stuff you're doing at the moment, let's actually take a step back and talk about when you started your brand and your e-commerce store. Yeah. So it all started because I didn't want to get a job. Okay. So we're <laughs> going back in time. I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years. So that's when it all started. And it started because I had just returned from a trip in Indonesia. I had taken a, a trip. I had gone traveling for a few months. I was in my early 30s. And when I returned back to New York City, I had been working in PR, public relations before, and I needed to get a job. And I so passionately did not want to get a job, especially after having those you know months that I had been free and traveling and the whole idea of getting a job of getting into subways and buses and 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 Sunday nights and Monday mornings and all of that stuff was just I didn't want to do it. And with that, I had this light bulb moment of remembering the kind of clothing I saw when I was traveling in Indonesia and in particularly in Bali. And I remembered these beautiful, colorful children's clothing that they had made with batik, which is a handicraft from Indonesia and Bali. 
And I thought, okay, I either get a job or I literally jump on an airplane next week and I go back to Bali and I try and do this. And I just took out a calculator and I started to punch in numbers, like how much the flight would be, how much would I want to spend to buy clothing, uh, you know, what, what basically what it takes. And, you know, where would I sell it? I was in New York City at the time, and there's tons of street fairs and markets and all of that. And I thought, okay, that's where I'll sell. And when I did the calculation, I just couldn't figure out how I wouldn't make money unless the clothing was stolen or something like that happened. And that's what I did. And that was the launch of my business called Back From Bali, which did children's clothes at that time. And over the years, the the brand, the clothing, the type of clothing, everything has evolved. And about 12 years ago, I shifted from kids' clothing into women's clothing. And that's what I do now. So one of the big things that caught my eye when I was looking into your company was that everything is ethically sourced in Bali. So that's something that's so important. I feel like there's, especially now with um, fast fashion being such a huge thing, um, I feel like everywhere I go, I see ads for, you know, Sheen or whatever the brands are, but it's just like so crazy to me. So you talk about a little bit why it's so important to you that everything is, um, yeah, it, it really, you know, the reason why, first of all, the reason why I went to Indonesia and continue to go back to Indonesia to manufacture in Bali is because of the relationships that I have with my vendors. So they are primarily women and women, small women owned businesses where their whole family is sewing or they farm out sewing to people in their villages. And I love working with the Indonesians and the Balinese in this way. And I've been kind of very proud to tell you the truth of my brand that, you know, I do sell quite a lot and I never went into China or into factories or anything like that because it's really important to me that the people that make my clothes uh, know me, all right, and that I know them and their families, and I know they're being paid pretty well as well. And that's just something that's always been super important to me. Um, and I'm really proud that the brand continues to to work just with people like that in Bali. I love that. Now, let's talk about brand. How did you build your brand, the big company it is now? <laughs> okay. I never thought it was going to be a big brand. And uh, the funny, funny thing is, is I have to take you back a few years a little bit. Okay. So I had the business for, I mean, it's going on like 20 years at about a 20 year mark. Okay. Um, the business was not doing that well. Okay. It was never doing terribly. It always made a little bit of money, but it never really flourished. And it was doing under a hundred thousand a year in in sales. Okay. So that, that's not just take home. That's just in sales. And in my early 50s, after about 20 years of being in business and kind of working kind of part-time and uh deciding that making money, success, whatever was not that important to me. But in my early 50s, I started to feel enough is enough. This is ridiculous. I could be doing so much better. I knew how smart I was. I knew the opportunity that I had. And I just decided that's it. I'm going to make money. I'm going to grow this business. And so one of the first things that I did was to hire a consultant and hire a coach. 
And she was somebody who specialized in e-commerce and in particularly in in Amazon, because that's where I was selling at the time. I had just begun selling um, the kids clothes and I was transitioning into the women's. And I remember our first meeting uh, on, the, on, on the phone at the time. Well, I don't even think it was Zoom 20, 20 years ago. Um, and she said to me, I really would love to build, help you build your brand. And my response was, what brand? <laughs> I, I didn't even consider that that's what I did have. You know, it was so it was a mindset thing that I had a shift from going, oh, my God, maybe I do have a brand. And what does a brand mean anyway? And build it from there. And that's kind of how things just started to change and grow. I love that. So I think you made two really big points there that you hired a coach. And the first one you said, actually, I said those backwards, but that you decided that you wanted to make money. And I think that's like a such a powerful thing and such a small thing you said, but it's just so cool that the fact that once you say, hey, I'm going to make this a big thing and I want to be successful at this, or this is how much money I want to make, you can actually do it. You just have to you know, decide, right? It actually that is the whole point of everything. And I think this is the piece a lot of women entrepreneurs make. They they say silly things like, oh, I would do this even if I didn't make any money because I love what I do, or, you know, money is not my focus, or, you know, I'm not really a money person. You know, all of these typical female comments around money and building businesses and, and success um, is what is really hindering women and was definitely hindering me. So I say this just from my own experience. And my own experience was that I really grew up in a family that expected me to marry and have like my husband take care of me and have him make the big bucks in the family. And yeah, my mom worked and it was great. I worked and it was great. I had my business, but um, being, you know, this, the really successful was not really how I was raised. And that was not really how I thought of myself, because I believed, for example, I was a spiritual person, or, you know, my downtime mattered more to me, or freedom mattered more to me. And if I was successful, I would lose my freedom. And when I was at that point in my early 50s, I mean, there really was a very significant moment. I, I was sitting in our apartment, which we now rent out. And I just said to myself, there's just no effing way I am not waking up on my next birthday making for myself, you know, $100,000 a year. There's just no way. And it was that decision and be, and and having the the courage in a way to to get honest with myself that success and money is what I wanted. Um and stop in a way, lying to myself that it wasn't important. And this was a very big turning point for me. And once that decision was made that I really wanted it, that I wasn't going to backtrack on it, I was going to make changes in my life. I was ready to step into my power, which is ultimately what making money is. So it's not really... It's not really it's the, the 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 idea is not just the money. It's the money. It's what the money brings to you. This the the independence it can give you, the feeling of empowerment it gives you, the ability to stand on your your own feet that it gives you, um, the, your sense of yourself that changes when you have it. 
those are the jewels, the real jewels that you get from building a business that will give you the money, the freedom and the money that you want. I love that. Yeah. I feel like I talk to so many women. It's always the biggest thing, you know, like, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm like scared to charge people or, you know, my money mindset's where I struggle the most. And I think so many women do come from that exact point where it's like, oh, I just, they want to be successful, but they don't know how to put it into words or exactly like you said, they're lying to themselves. Love that. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a comfortable thing to say, you know, I love money, you know, which is what I, I encourage women to say, you know, sometimes people are like, well, what, what did you just say? That's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's rude. That's not feminine. That's, you know, materialistic and capitalistic and all of those things. It's not, it's none of those things. It's, it's your own belief that you put on these things. Exactly right. Those little things that we get ingrained in us when we're kids, you know, we don't talk about money. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Probably. Um, I was never very good at being an employee. So I would say yes. I Both of my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, it, I grew up in a family where it was, you know, not really valued to like get a job and, you know, whatever, rise up the ranks. That was never considered a real value in my family. A real value in my family was always being an entrepreneur and standing on your own feet, no matter what you did. So even though I never like grew up and said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur when I'm older, I never even thought those things. When I started to be in the workplace, I just knew this really was not for me. And I was um, I was actually had a, a job as a receptionist in New York City. There is this woman, Ann Bianchi, and it was her company. And um, I was sitting in like the front of the offices, you know, answering the phones for I think like ten dollars an hour at the time, you know, Ann Bianchi's office. And I noticed that Ann Bianchi, the owner, was coming in at like eleven o'clock and leaving at two, or coming in the next day at two and leaving at four. And one day, I stopped her and I said, "Can I ask you a question?" And she said, "What?" I said, "How do you do this?" And she said, "Do what?" And I said, "How do you like run this business and you come and go and you only spend a few hours and and your business is still thriving? How do you do it?" And her answer was, you just do it. That was her answer. You just do it. And that's what I really believe is, is you, you have to get into the mindset that all of this is possible. It is possible to work three hours a, a day. It is possible to, to work under 20 hours a week. It is. These are all possibilities once you start to make that decision and you start to really do these things. And um, she was a great inspiration to me and she was an entrepreneur. So I started to realize, hmm, maybe this is going to be more my direction because I just really hated working for other people. Yeah. I find most entrepreneurs are like, no, I can't, I don't take directions well, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always so funny too, because we all hire coaches and we do whatever our coaches say, but you know, and it's like, you get paid to do something. You're like, eh, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, the an entrepreneur is somebody, what is it that that, you know, they'll they, they won't work 40 hours a week and be paid for it, but they'll work 80 hours a week and not be paid for anything. So that that's kind of, that could be what the life of an entrepreneur as well. <laughs> for sure. Uh so entrepreneurship has many ups and downs as well. How do you handle the bad days? 
oh, there's lots of those. Okay. There's really lots of those. And that's one thing I will say, I have a book coming out called seven keys to seven figures. It's coming out in September. Um, and one of the chapters is called get used to setbacks and failures. Um, this is a huge part of, of running a business and being an entrepreneur. Um, even though I've had my business now in, in a way for 30 years, but the women's line back from Bali just for the last 12 years, um, I am still facing at times enormous problems. Um, you know, you know, recently just with what's happened in the world with the rising costs, you know, my UPS charges from, from, Coming over from Indonesia, Amazon, I still sell on Amazon, you know, the fees of Amazon, because Amazon has also been in trouble, they pass it down. So managing all of this stuff could literally wipe you out. So, I mean, one of the most important things is to understand that you are in the money business. Okay, that's what a business is. That's the, the that's the first thing you need to, to realize is this is the business you're in. You're in a money business. And therefore, you need to keep your business alive. And um, the way to keep your business alive is to understand your numbers and to understand your income statements and you know what your costs are and what your sales are and, and all of that. And this is probably one of the most important skills an entrepreneur can have. And so anybody listening who's who's basically starting a business or maybe one, two or three years into a business, having like a good bookkeeper, an online bookkeeper, so you can check your numbers, you know, once a week or once every two weeks or at least once a month, okay, is really essential. And understanding like what net profit means, you know, that that's really the gravy that is, you know, after, you know, your your the money coming in and then all your expenses, your net, what what is literally in your pocket is what's really important. And so when you start to really know your numbers and and see your numbers, then you start to see, oh wow, I spent that on advertising and maybe that's a little high. I noticed it went up 2% this year. That's not so good. And you start to really realize that your your business speaks, okay? It actually has its own language, you know, it's its own way of communicating but it's through numbers and that's how your business is speaking to you and having that relationship where you're speaking with your business, which means understanding your numbers is the way you build a successful business. For sure. I feel like that's something that everybody gets very overwhelmed with at first, but I feel like if you just keep track of everything or hire a bookkeeper right away, that just gives you such a big leverage. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because those, the difficulties that will come um, in your business uh, will come through the finances, okay? Because that, that's where it's going to come. It's going to come like, oh my God, I have to pay that and I don't have the money. Or, uh, you know, I want to expand this or have a new product line or whatever you want to do, or course, hire a coach, whatever it is. And you're like, I don't have the money to do it. So all this, it always returns back to understanding that, um, your business is here to serve you, okay? That you're not here to serve your business. Your business is here to serve you. You are the captain of your business ship, right? You're driving this and therefore you need to control and know what's happening on all levels of your business. And that is really one of the biggest secrets to success is just focusing and, and knowing it, what you're dealing with in your business. For sure. So tell us a little bit about your book. You said it comes out in September. 
Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So a few years back, um, I just felt like I, I really started asking myself the question, how in the world did I do this? Like, how did I build a multiple seven figure business when only 12 years ago, it was, you know, really five figures. It was under, it was five, a five figure business, which means under a hundred thousand a year. And I started to think, well, how did I do it? And I wanted to put that on paper. You know, what were the things that I did to build my business and make it successful? Because I had no business background. I was in the clothing business. I don't even know how to sew. I don't even know how to design clothing. All There weren't a lot going for me on paper in the way that the business would succeed. So I started to just come up with ideas. And I realized that there were really seven things, seven keys. Uh, one of them we spoke about already, which is wanting it. That really were, were the things that I did that brought my business to success. Um, and then I just joined a course. I just joined like a book writing course, which was so great. And um, before I knew it, I actually was writing a book and I absolutely loved it. Um, and the book is finally will be coming out in a few months, which is really exciting. So it's called Seven Keys to Seven Figures, The Women Entrepreneur's Guide to Money and Freedom. And it's really designed for any woman entrepreneur. If you're starting out, if you've been in business for a year, if you've been in business for 10 years, but it's really directed to the woman who wants to bring her business over six figures. Um, and when I started to write the book and dive into research and women entrepreneurship and statistics, I was I was really shocked to learn this, this statistic, which is that only 10% of women entrepreneurs do over 100000 a year in gross sales. That's unbelievable. That, that means 90% don't. And if you take it into the seven figure, there's only 3% of women entrepreneurs bringing it into the seven figure mark. So we are uh, really not doing that well. And we need to be doing better. And women need to learn the skills to make it better. Um, and one of those skills, you know, certainly are is the money part that I spoke about, our mindset around money, um, getting the help that you need to bring your business. Um, and I always say, hire someone who is where you want to be and was where you are now. Okay. Don't hire someone who like never did what you want to do. Okay. Cause you need someone with experience to bring you there. So that's really important in hiring the, the right person for you. Um, and then of course there is the actions, you know, and I like to call it inner actions and outer actions. So all of the outer actions will first start with inner actions, which really has to do with knowing what you want, um, getting focused on it, um, setting your intentions. I like to call them intentions instead of goals um, and taking a lot of action to make things happen. I love that. Well, I cannot wait to read it. I have one last question for you. What is your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book, like business book? Either one. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I, I'm a ferocious reader. Uh, and I read on Kindle, which means I never know what I'm reading because it doesn't actually have the <laughs> title or, or the author in there. But uh, one of my favorite books uh, right now is um, from Ryan Daniel Moran. He's one of my he's one of my coaches and one of my cons uh, consultants I go to. 
And um, I think it's called 12 Months to a Million. He also talks a lot about e-commerce and being successful with a product-based business. So that's one of my absolute favorite books. Um, Oh, God, I have to get out my list for you. I guess um, uh, Think and Grow Rich, okay, Napoleon Hill. I mean, the classic of the classic of the classics, you know, so... Mindset is absolutely everything. If there's anything I've learned in the 30 years of being an entrepreneur is is the mindset. And I know people are maybe sick and tired of hearing the word mindset because we hear it over and over again. But we need to really understand that truly this is the key to success is your mindset, um, understanding the patterns inside yourself that block you from success and using skills such as meditation um, in order to reprogram yourself so that the thoughts that are going in in your head are supporting the kind of life that you want. This takes work. It's actually a lot of work to do mindset work. It's not like, it's not daydreaming. It actually takes effort and focus and it needs to be done in collaboration with a peaceful state where you feel good. So a lot of people don't succeed with mindset work because they're maybe feeling anxious and unhappy and whenever, and they start repeating to themselves, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. And meanwhile, you feel awful, awful, awful. So this is not mindset work. Okay. Um, That's just repeating words. Mindset work really to make it work, to make um, visualization and, and, you know, to manifest what it is that you really, really want is first of all, you need to know what you want. Again, chapter one of my book, know, you know, know what it is you want and want it. And second of all, you need to get into a, a pretty meditative state and learn the skills where you feel calm inside yourself and you feel happy inside yourself, such as through walking or, or breath exercises or whatever they are. And when you feel the state inside yourself that feels calm and happy. And then you start visualizing and thinking and reflecting or writing about what you want and feel the happiness that what you want is already here. That's how you actually manifest in the world. No, I love that. And what a beautiful note to end on. Um, And Finger Roach is one of my favorites. And I usually try to read it once a year and I have not actually picked it up yet this year. So I might have to restart it again. Well, thank you so much. Um, How can people connect with you? Yeah, please. Um, LeslieCooster.com, which is my website. Um, I am looking for women to help me launch my book because the purpose of this book is really to help all women entrepreneurs be more successful in their life. So please go to my website. I also have a lot of free resources there, including, you know, seven sabotaging mistakes most women entrepreneurs make. And um, if you join my launch party, you're going to be getting lots of different bonuses, such as my free course. So please go to lesliecooster.com. And then, of course, you could reach me in social media, too, and particularly on Instagram. Awesome. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast.